When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. My guest today is Nick Lawhern. Nick is Corporate Director of Project Delivery Services at The Bolt Company, with over 25 years of experience in the construction industry. Nick is very unusual in the fact that his entire progressive and successful career has been built with Bolt. That says something very positive about Nick and also about Bolt. In his role, he uses his knowledge of integrated project delivery, also known as IPD, along with his expertise for target value design, designing a project based on budget and operational needs and values to set up projects for success. By engaging with customers from the very beginning, Nick gains a deep understanding of what they value and ultimately customizes how production will be executed to achieve those value objectives. While I imagine that Nick is very busy serving in his role with Bolt, I think it is important to mention that Nick serves his industry, his family, and his community in a variety of volunteer roles, ranging from basketball coach to board member. I met Nick while he was serving as my host at the LCI 23rd Annual Congress in 2021. His friendly and professional personality impressed me. After I learned a bit more about Nick, having him as a guest on my podcast was a must. Nick, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast. Wow. Thanks, Dennis. That was quite an introduction. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. You're very welcome. It. You deserve it. You deserve it for sure. Yeah. I thought it was particularly important to mention your credentials as far as your service and your volunteer service. It's an impressive part of your resume and something that a lot of folks in your generation and others don't understand the importance of. Mm-hmm. I give you the highest compliment and respect for that extensive resume and a varied experience. I thought it by itself is a career. Yeah, no, I really take to heart and appreciate how I can help people just in general, whether that's in the community or my family or within our company at the Bolt Company here. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, soccer coaching, basketball coaching, you know, board member Brian Reese Paralysis Foundation, mm-hmm. a buddy of mine who got paralyzed when he was younger, got a great foundation for him and love doing those community events and then bring that into our company on a daily basis. So it's a passion of mine and hopefully others can benefit from that too. So that's, yeah, yeah. That's great. And important for me to share that with our listeners, because I think, as you know, I still have, and in fact, maybe up on my website shortly, the picture of you standing up in the stage at LCI, holding a copy of my book in your hands, <laughs> looking almost like a used car salesman, but you were selling a book instead of a car. <laughs> but uh, I smile when I first got a copy of that picture. I thought it was really terrific. And again, I know that you at least flipped through my book. You may, I'm sure you've read it by now. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you have parts of it memorized. Who knows? <laughs> if there's really serious things wrong with you, then you've memorized some of it. But on a serious note, you know what I'm all about in terms of my focus, where my interest is, where my message is. And in my view, in our industry, one of the things that we don't do a good enough job on is uh, being people. Mm-hmm. and recognizing the importance of people's qualities as essential, and not only to being successful, but also being happier. And if you can be successful and happy, it's not a bad life. 
and in business and what you've done and your progressive experience. And again, that was also impressive. I'm not trying to praise you more than you deserve just based on the written word, but your career at Bolt is impressive. It really does say something about the culture of Bolt as well as about you that uh, you've been with that company for your entire career. So I congratulate you on that. Even in your generation, it's not typical. Mm-hmm. Is it something about Bolt that makes that the place where you've been able to build your career and your credentials? Well, I am lucky enough to have celebrated my 25th year here at Bolt, and it feels like it's gone by so quickly. I was born on a Bolt project site. My father has worked for Bolt for 45 years. I keep joking with him to tell him to retire so I can catch up to him at some point, but he's always 20 years ahead of me. <laughs> so I've always been around the company and you know, visiting his job sites, visiting how he does his job. And he's as, uh, I'll say, the best person I've ever met on soft skills and, and how to work with people and how to get people. I mean, I, I can't talk to anyone that's ever worked with my father and has had a bad experience. And so that was a great example growing up and, and, and continued to this day. Um, so that's always drawn me to it. And family is my number one priority. And um, seeing that uh, from a young child to you know, where I'm at currently, Bolt is a, an extended family from my, my, my personal family. And I've always thought of it that way. And the culture within Bolt is that's just that's just who we are. Uh, the Bolt family is just a great, solid, foundational uh, example of what it is to be a family. And they bring that into the company, too. So um, that all of those reasons uh, have drawn me to Bolt and wanting to work in the construction industry as long as I have and uh, still love what I do today. Yeah, that's true. That's it. There, there are no better stories than the stories of people's real lives uh, in our industry. And so I yeah, thank you for sharing that with folks. I, I recall reading about that, uh, uh, but I figured uh, I did think of it as I was writing the introduction. I just said to myself, I got a hunch if I say something about Bolt that he might mention his dad. So way to yeah, go, son. Yeah. Way to go. Um, but uh, yeah. I, th- I think what I'm interested in talking with you about is that uh, you're, you're, you have an, a level of expert knowledge with regards to uh, the, uh, the IPD project delivery method, which mm-hmm. has really been uh, it's been it's been a, it's been in existence for decades. Uh, but as uh, as a as a uh, significantly uh, more expanded method of trying to successfully get the the technical requirements of a project accomplished, uh, uh, you know, obviously dealing with cost, quality, schedule, and 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 uh, uh, and safety, mm-hmm. uh, that it really has uh, become a more dominant method of delivering projects. Uh, my limited knowledge of it uh, su- suggests that one of the reasons it is is gaining has been gaining steady traction and obviously it's uh, integral to to uh, to bolts approach to doing business with their customers uh, is the fact that it that it does express the notion of not simply the technical aspects or uh, or d- determining schedule logic or just in time considerations for materials or other services but it does take into consideration the idea of, of building a, a team uh, of individuals and doing it not just on their their technical roles in in the team, but also by building relationships by viewing them as people. Is that is that is that fair? And and if so, yeah. t- share m- more about that part of what IPD is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so IPD Integrated Project Delivery um, at Bolt, we actually have a trademark on ILPD Integrated Lean Project Delivery. And that lean word is a, an important word in there for us. Um, and it's something that we've learned about lean and started going on a lean journey in our company in the late 90s. 
And the foundation of what Lean is all about is respect for people. And so the integrated approach to projects and delivering projects in an integrated project delivery approach um, foundationally is set around how do we build the best teams? Because if we know, we know that if we build the best teams, we're going to have the best outcomes. And so it starts there 100%. And so we spend a, a ton of time on any of our projects, regardless of the contract type, but the IPD delivery method enhances that from a contractual obligations um, to really focus on the behaviors and the culture of a project, getting that right first and believing that everyone wins together or loses together and ultimately sets the tone for how do we win together and make everyone go towards the same same goal, goal line. Um, everyone's working on the same scoreboard. Um, not everyone's out for their own benefit. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the approach with IPD is that we're all in it together and we win and lose together. Mm -hmm. You know, a long time ago, I was in one of my roles as a consultant. Uh, I was working with uh, uh, with large owners on on their major building projects, uh, doing team building. Uh, again, it was the was the, uh, the the term of the day uh, back in the '90s and early 2000s. Um, mm -hmm. And my recollection of that experience of facilitating uh, team building activities for one, two, and sometimes three days uh, certainly, you know, touched on um, and was intended to try to accomplish some of what you're talking about uh, that you're describing as being absolutely foundational uh, to ultimately then, you know, launching the project and delivering it successfully. Um, but uh, again, recollection uh, at the time was it was. Uh, it was seen as a, a forward-thinking approach. It was seen as positive, um, but you didn't always see the the full traction it got with corporate leadership. It may it may have taken on a pretty uh, good life uh, at the on, on the boots of the at the on the ground level uh, with project leadership, you know, at site uh, uh, con contractors, subcontractors, etc. Um, but how how strongly uh, do the, all the stakeholders in in your project? Uh, uh, grab onto the philosophy of, of, in your case, lean IPD. Well, it's 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 a there's a large effort that takes place on every project, and the unique thing about construction is that every project you go to, generally speaking, is a different team, and so you're starting from ground zero, you know, immediately on the project. And the, the the trick of the whole thing is is how do you get off ground zero as fast as possible and move across the spectrum of team development. Mm -hmm. um, and we can you can talk about those as you know storming phases and performing phases and the norming norming storming forming performing adjourning you know all, all the different stages. Mm -hmm. um, but how do you get from the left to right across that spectrum as fast as possible? And what it really comes down to is getting the right people on the bus, getting the right people on the team, uh, having the right leadership. And leadership is a super important part of every project. And it's no different on an IPD project or a project that's delivered under a lump sum contract. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the right leaders in place, you're not going to grow your people the way that you need to and grow your teams the way you need to. Uh, we use sports as an analogy all the time, right? The best coaches are typically the most successful teams because mm -hmm. they have the best leaders to bring that team together towards a common cause. And then they're the ones that are winning the Super Bowl yeah. um, or winning the NBA championships, whatever they are. So, um, Again, it's leadership, but it's also spending the time to find the right team members for your team. And we spend a lot of time on putting together criteria and evaluation of when we're interviewing or we're going to people's job sites, going to where the work is, we want to see how people operate. Mm -hmm. It's not just doing the process. It's how do you engage with others? How do you ask questions? 
are you the smartest person in the room every time? Because if that's your mentality, you're probably not the right team member for what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We want to be learners, not knowers. Mm-hmm. Um, no one knows everything. Um, we all have brilliance in different pockets, but as a team, we're, we're that much better. And if everyone's approaching it that way and we're coaching it that way, again, we've seen great results over and over again from our projects that do that the most successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and I will say to add on to that, there are times when we might go through that evaluation and we get into the project and we might've picked the wrong team or picked the wrong person on that team. And we like to joke around, but it's changed the people or change the people. Mm-hmm. We definitely focus on changing the people of the first phase of like coaching, developing, and, you know, working with them to make sure that they can fit with this team, but ultimately making that decision to move on from that person or that team Every time we've gotten to a point where we've had to do that, we've seen dramatic results in the team coming together that much better after that because we, we've we've learned so much as a team of who the right people are, the right team needs to be on this team or on this bus with us. Mm-hmm. And we go together and we move that much faster and that much more productive. So it it happens. And I've been a part of a, you know, a handful of those experiences over my, over my career. And mm-hmm. I can say hands down, every time we've had that discussion, it's been with very thoughtful leadership and very thoughtful conversations and coaching before we had to make that hard decision to move on. But that decision has greatly impacted the project in a positive way after we've got the right people on the bus. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do you how do you carry your your approach and your process down to uh, to other other contractors to your sub to, to sub trades to architects mm-hmm. engineers how do you carry that because uh, because you, you your your firm's role is to set the tone uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing LIPD uh, that's our process um, you need to understand that process we're going to teach you everything you need to know if you don't already know about the process. Our interest mm-hmm. is getting the best best team, uh, and we start by identifying the best people. How do how do you how do you make that all work? Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is is always the simplest thing. It's treating them as a person, mm-hmm. treating them as equals. Um, just because they have a steel-toed shoes on, and you have you know some nice uh, leather <laughs> leather shoes because you you're in the office more they're still people and they're still equal to you. And it doesn't matter who's running the meeting, who's leading the meeting, who's in the meeting. We're trying to solve a problem when we're in a meeting together or when we're doing something. And that is the team approach. So there's always gotta be someone that stands up and is leading the conversation or leading the training. But if they're, if they're again, the person that thinks that they know it all and they're putting themselves in front of everyone else, then they're probably not the right person. They're not the right person to be leading that discussion. Mm-hmm. And so, it really comes down to just treating people as people and treating them as equals and making sure that you understand where they're coming from. It's understanding their personalities because different people have lots of different personalities as we know, and there's lots of ways we can take assessments or take, you know, have a conversation and you can pick up on those things right away. People are gonna learn at different rates. They wanna learn differently, whether that's doing something or reading something or watching something. And so we look at all of those things and put together some good training plans, good cultural um, enhancement training plans, which just focused on culture. Some are focused on more process things, but how do we do that so that at the end of the day, we all have the same general knowledge of how we're gonna go about planning on this project or how we're gonna go about managing our safety program or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have to be in it together or it's not gonna work. Yeah. As you, you you may know from again uh, from my book that one of the things that I I think uh, 
is a useful uh, part of the process of, of gaining understanding of people uh, is, is for individuals to, uh, to learn more about themselves. Uh, and, uh, uh, and one of the instruments that I use fairly, you know, with a lot of regularity is one that evaluates and provides feedback on a person's behavioral style. It's, uh, it's referred to as the DISC profiling system. Mm -hmm. do, you use, do you guys use any kind of uh, formal assessment instruments as part of your information gathering? Or, and, and, and then, mm -hmm. as, as importantly, uh, and the way I would describe as I work with individuals or groups of individuals, I say to them, this is, this is a set of facts about you, Nick, uh, that you can make beneficial use of. So what, what are your thoughts about mm -hmm. that and the practical application of those kinds of tools? Yeah, we, we uh, Drake Drake P3 is one of the the technologies or, or programs that we use within our company um, over the years. Dignify is another one that we use a lot, um, and that's one that we've used more and more um, in the current day and age. Mm -hmm. um, they all are based on the four quadrants, and they're you know you get put into a box, and you're maybe more dominant or more strong in one area, and maybe not as dominant in another area. Mm -hmm. um, so similar to a disc profile or the, the other ones that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we absolutely use those and, and there's great insight, you know, how to, how to engage someone in a question you might ask someone, the same question you might ask some, someone in our conversation might be a, taken differently in a different conversation with a different personality. And so um, how do you ask a question? How do you how do you engage with someone if you have a conflict in different ways with different personalities? So they give us give us some of those tools and some of those tips. Um, so that's a, it's a good icebreaker, and we usually try to make those things very fun, mm -hmm. uh, you know, team building type type of exercises where we'll have people take those and run different uh, different ways we can look at the information and uh, get to know each other um, mm -hmm. in in a unique in a different way. But yeah, absolutely, those are things we do at the start. And then a lot of times we'll keep those even visible as, you know, the simple guides on, on people's desks or by their name tags so that as you're coming in to talk to someone, it gives you a quick reminder that, oh, I need to make sure I approach it this way. They just want the facts or they want mm -hmm. they want to know the details behind it. You know, it's different approaches to talking to different people um, is super helpful and helps you have that conversation in, in a more productive way. Mm hmm. Um, different kind of question. If you if you look if you can if you look back ten years uh, and compare it to today, mm -hmm. uh, how how much how, how much more more widely used is IPD or in your case LIPD? Are you seeing it more and more? Mm -hmm. Is it is it gotten full traction? Is it is it become a yeah. a preferred method um, as as opposed to other delivery methods? Where mm -hmm. what's the state of IPD? So. Uh, the state of IPD is, is it continues to grow is, is what I'm seeing. Um, there's lots more industries looking at this delivery method as the way to go. Um, it's been strong in the healthcare sector for a number of years now, especially on the East Coast and the West Coast. And it's, it's definitely been coming into the Midwest. Um, but we're getting a lot of uh, opportunities in the industrial world in pulp and paper. Um, you know, mm. there's a, there's a lot of companies that are starting to look at that approach and see the benefits and see why they would want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if you ask me, I think it's a no brainer if I was an owner, because it, it it's again, it's the only contract that I know that gives everyone the best upside together as a team. Mm -hmm. The owner gets the best value for the project. The contractors, the trade partners, the design partners, they're all going to be engaged in it. They all want to win together. They're going to make their best profit on the project. And if we're doing that together, everyone that I've been a part of, the team is friends for life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking to people that I've done some of these projects 10, 15 years ago, 
and they're, they're, we reminisce still to this day when we see each other about, hey, remember when we did that? Or man, I wish we could get that team back together because that's, those are the relationships you have for, for life. And that's what you're, that's what we're all in this, you know, to do is how do we, how do we ultimately, we want to be successful, profitable and all that stuff, but the relationships and, and building those, those families mm-hmm. going back to that top, that, 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 that language is, is what it's all about. And that's what to me is the biggest thing out of life that you want is relationships, trusting people, that family. Mm-hmm. So I've got lots of families across the country because of different projects I've been involved in. And I, that's what I love to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I mean, it's really good to hear that. I, I recall when I guess this probably back in uh, right around two, 2000 or 2002, uh, I spent a, a, a small amount of time as the vice president at, a, at an association in the industry that was called the construction management association. And I remember in planning uh, our annual conference, uh, mm-hmm. one of the one of the first times that uh, that uh, that a full blown IPD workshop was brought into the conference for p- people to participate, engage in all the activities and exercises, and really get a feel for what what the IPD uh, process is and, uh, and how it's taught to people. And I, and I thought it made really good sense then. So it's 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 good to, good to hear that it's progressed and it's yeah. becoming uh, a more uh, a more dominant uh, style of integrating process with contracts uh, that's the other that's the, the other part uh, say, say say more about 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 that connection between the, the delivery method uh, and 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 the structure and approach to contracting sure I mean that that's that's the the interesting thing is that um, the contracts are really focused on the behaviors more than the 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 legal the legalese to, to to mitigate risk in the traditional contracts where it's all about you you must do this or we can go to court or we can mm-hmm. we can you know argue over it and it's focused on we want the right behaviors because if we get the right behaviors we're going to make the right decisions um, so the contracts are are definitely structured in a in a different way from that perspective um, and 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 a lot of contracts are trying to learn from the IPD or what we call the IFOA integrated form of agreement is actually the, the name of the contract for IPD type of projects. And they're taking language out of those contracts that have been structured now and bringing those into some of the traditional contracts. And so you'll hear the term IPD ish. Mm-hmm. And that ish is because they're bringing more of that behavioral language and more of the team and the people uh, language into the traditional contracts and trying to get them closer and closer to the IFOA contract. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you see a lot of going on across the industry because they like the benefits, but not everyone's ready for, you know, the full jump into IPD. Mm -hmm. And so there's this slow transition a lot of times where they need to do a couple, maybe three projects before they'll jump into a full IFOA contract Mm -hmm. with some of our customers. Um, but the more and more results that they're seeing and stories that you're, they're hearing from the Lean Construction Institute during, you know, their Congress or during during their their different events or other organizations that are promoting this, um, you know, they hear about it. They hear the stories. There's actually real results that have gone really good. These projects aren't going into into lawsuits. They're not being done over schedule. They're being done on time within budget. Um, it makes owners really think about like, why wouldn't we be doing that when we're not getting those results? And so mm-hmm. that's 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 what mm-hmm. I'm seeing is a lot of the language from IPD contracts are getting into the traditional contracts, and then slowly they navigate closer and closer to that uh, more of the optimal solutions that'll that'll focus on the team, focus on the people, focus on behaviors, culture, 
those foundational things that we uh, we're seeing over and over again are, are are the most important things to making anything successful, whether that's a project or a, <laughs> or again winning a sports sporting event. Right, right. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I'd like to hear your your thoughts again from your vantage point, from your level of experience, your generation. Um, there's more and more talk uh, about uh, topics like diversity, inclusion, uh, equal opportunity, fairness, social responsibility, those kinds of social justice. Um, what are your thoughts about where the industry is as far as, as any, any progress or meaningful progress it's, ma it's made with regards to, again, looking at the diverse nature of, of the, the workforce and considering how we go about trying to uh, be as inclusive as possible rather than otherwise? What do you, what, what do you see? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that that is a, a super great movement in the industry and in in the country and in the world, really. Um, you know, you know, <laughs> equal every everyone's a person, all right. Treat, treat people as people. I mentioned that earlier. It doesn't matter your backgrounds, your colors, all you know, any none of that really. It doesn't matter. It's they're they're a person. They're here to do a job. I'm here to do a job. Let's figure out how to do it together. Um, there's so there's that. From that approach, I mean, that's 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 my approach personally. Mm -hmm. But as an industry, we haven't done a great job of doing that just overall. And I, there's definitely uh, a momentum going to shift everyone's cultures and everyone's attitudes towards towards that approach. Is that mm -hmm. we're all people, we're all trying to do a job, we're all trying to be together, do the best work we can, and get the right people on on, on that team, and, and we're going to do great things. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, there's, there's definitely things in, um, that we're tracking, especially in IPD jobs and other jobs where we have metrics that we're tracking to, to, to really keep in the forefront, um, you know, what is our diversity metrics look like Are you know, the different types of businesses that are owned by different diversity, um, you know, people. And, and it's, you know, that's one thing, you know, how, how are we getting the mix of, you know, women, men, at all different age groups, you know, new people coming out of the trades and people that are doing things for, for 50 years or whatever, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, that are getting ready to retire. We want a spectrum of, of that. And we know, and we've seen great results by, by the more diverse we get, the better, and the better results we're getting too. So mm -hmm. that's the other piece of this is that mm -hmm. it's not just being diverse to be diverse. Mm -hmm. Being diverse is going to get people better results because we're getting perspectives from so many different where, places that we weren't getting before. Mm -hmm. And, and the conversations are that much richer. And um, so we're seeing great results by doing it, but there's mm -hmm. also lots of momentum of focusing on that to make sure that we are doing it. Um, and then it, that it becomes more of just, this is what we do every day. And whether we track something or don't track something, it's just, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're, I see personally the momentum of that being the mindset more and more every day. Um, so that's, hmm. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you think the, um, do you think the, the, the cultural uh, implications of, of IPD as a delivery method, do you mm -hmm. think that there are things about the culture it promotes that is more receptive to the idea of inclusion, diversifying backgrounds, 
trying to, in a direct and focused way, attract individuals with different racial, ethnic, as well as gender to your company. Is IPD a backdrop where that can be something that can happen with more regularity over time? Maybe. I mean, I think anything that focuses on people being people, I'll just say that, and is focused on culture and getting the right teams together, mm -hmm. whether that's called IPD or it's just called we want a great culture, to get that to happen, it needs to be diverse. It needs to be inclusive or you're not going to get there as well as you could. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's so much IPD. I just think it's what's the best way for us to get better as individuals, as teams, and as a country. And again, I believe, and I know more and more people believe every day that making sure your teams are diverse and you're getting the right people, again, on the bus, it doesn't matter what their backgrounds are. It's the right people for the right task, and you're going to be successful in whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well said. Last question. Can you believe that our time is almost up? I mean, I spent the first 15 minutes introducing you. <laughs> you know, I got to introduce you at the LCI Congress a couple of years ago, so now we're equal, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, except that was a pretty large crowd of folks out there. That was a fun experience. Sure. And, you, and your introduction was very gracious. And again, you did a brilliant job of hawking my book. <laughs> so, but there's no commission check coming. Don't be looking in the mailbox. Seriously. Well, I expect us to see millions, so it'll get way more. Yes. Well, yeah, there's that. We can always hope. We can always hope, my yes. friend. That's right. That's right. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about, but this has been a great conversation, but it's important to me, and therefore I hope to my listeners, to hear the perspectives of people in different generations. And your profile is a particularly interesting one, not typical. If you take up one part of it out, you could say, well, the fact that he's been one company, you know, that happens. Or the fact that his father's in the industry, that happens. You know, we've got a lot of that going on, particularly down at the trade level, where you've got an 18-year-old and his father's in the trade, his grandfather, his three uncles, and, you know, another distant cousins kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the combination of elements that equal you is impressive. And so that's why I wanted to comment on it again as I close. We need more leaders like you in the industry. You have a long road ahead of you as far as a career and ability to provide leadership to continue to carry the vision that's involved in IPD and lean IPD that your company uses. And I know great things are going to be happening for you. And what will you be after you're the director? I mean, what's the next thing? I mean, I just got to make sure I get you back and I'll keep the rest of the introduction, but we'll be ready to erase and make a new comment at the front end. And you just let me know when and what it is. All right. That sounds good, Dennis. Yeah. It's an exciting career and it's been a great conversation. And anytime I can talk about these type of topics around soft skills, yeah. as I know you focus on, but just building teams and building people. That's my passion and looking forward to continue doing it. Right. And now I remember actually where I heard the story of you and your father was a video that you guys posted. <laughs> yeah. A great story. And, and I'm sure that Bolt will be doing everything it can to widely distribute this interview so that more people can learn about the thoughts, ideas, and great thinking of this director of project delivery services at the Bolt company. <laughs> So I'm doing a little advertisement for Bolt here at the end. But again, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. Your track record there, your tenure, your track record, your success with a company, an important company in the industry, says something about you and it does say something about Bolt. So I'll close on that thought and just say thank you so much for being my guest today on the Softest Steel podcast. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Soft as Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. 
To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Soft as Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran. Produced by Audovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.